0: Born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tonalta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonalta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonalta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month Tunnel to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us you're listening to the buck sexton show podcast make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts hey everybody welcome to the new edition of the buck sexton show we're going to be doing long form conversations sit downs hanging out with people having uh, fireside chats although there's no fireplace in here uh because i'm in miami there's not a lot of fireplaces in miami in general but we are joined by a fantastic first guest, Ann Coulter. She has written 13 New York Times bestsellers, including a number of number one bestsellers. You know her from, well, all of her appearances on TV, from her fierce Twitter game, and, of course, because she is the one and only Ann Coulter. Ms. Coulter, thank you for and being sub-stack. with us. Appreciate you.
1: And Substack, that's how you know me oh, now. Oh, how does Coulter. everyone
0: subscribe sub-stack. to your Substack, oh. Ann?
1: Thank you for asking, Buck Sexton. com. That's, that's the only place you can get Ann Coulter unfiltered, no ads. Well, maybe here tonight with you, Buck.
0: There we go. Fantastic. Yes. So, Ann, tell me some things here. First and foremost, what is top of mind for you in the country right now? If you could fix, let's start with that, and fix one thing for me in America, what would it be?
1: We need a big, beautiful wall. I was promised a big, beautiful wall, but I mean, seriously, there's a reason that's what carried this buffoon Donald Trump to president in 2016. Whether or not the talking heads appreciated it or the New York Times appreciate it, Americans voted for the big, beautiful wall and we're seeing under Biden, the problem with him not having built that wall. Um, estimates are, I mean, they've caught and released more than 2 million illegals. The estimates go up to 5 million only since Biden has been president. And I mean, there are a lot of reasons not to like that with it's going to be suppressing, hurting the least among us, the low wage workers, um, who actually, surprisingly, I will admit, did pretty well under Trump. Why? Because you know with these temporary measures and a lot of it was just his rhetoric he scared off illegals from trying to come based on the campaign and then after a you know he was in office for about a year they realized he's not doing anything we let's go back but for the there's cultural reasons to care about this i we are the greatest country in the world and we we do have a So can, can i ask America.
0: you this Ann? cuz yeah. you've been you were the the original on the argument here for well, at first, I mean, for a secure border that involved a wall. And in fact, Trump, I believe early on, was even telling people that he read Adios America, your book, and that this is where the idea for this uh, largely, largely came from. So I've been down to the border a bunch of times. The, no question. And I, and I love this argument with with libs. I've had it with them and they always get very, very frustrated. A wall helps. And if you talk to Border Patrol, they'll say it absolutely is helpful because even in areas where the wall doesn't exist, there's fewer or sorry they can have fewer resources where they have no you know where they have a wall versus where they have no wall right so they can kind of focus in on the high traffic areas of drugs the high traffic problem though we got even if we had a wall they are surrendering this is what's going so i want to know how we deal with that issue because people are showing up the wall stops the drug traffickers the single male migrants when i say stops you know makes it harder for them right and and makes border patrol's job easier But you have family units that show up to the border wall or anywhere and essentially walk in and they say, hey, here I am. Right. So and even in a wall situation, they go to a port of entry. They go to areas where, you know, the wall isn't that big. They go over it. And now they say, I want asylum in your country. So what do we do about that?
1: Well, we invent a time machine. We go back and make Trump Trump keep his promises. Two things about what you just said. Yeah, of course, they're going there are going to be some entry points, but. (laughs) <laughs> we want a big wall across the entire border, not the 33 miles that Trump built. I do not think that if he had um, kept his promise. Biden would have come in, um, and well, a Biden wouldn't have come in. Trump would have won re-election if he had kept his promises. Uh, but moreover, even if even if a Democrat did come in they're not going to rip down a wall it took you know like the great chinese wall or the great wall of china um that's why we want a wall because different administrations are going to have different policies and as long as the border is open and it's just a matter of well does the president want to protect american jobs or doesn't he want to protect american jobs and and part of what the democrats just hauling the millions upon millions of illegals in um, part of it is just a response to Trump. We were always worried about that, that he can, um, on one hand, didn't back down. Um, but he was so boorish about making the points from adios America. And I don't need exactly make them in a, you know, Marquis de Queensberry's way, no. um, but he <laughs> took it to another level, that whole Mexican rapist thing. Oh, it's in my book, but um, I would have phrased it slightly differently, as I did. Uh, and and the reaction to Trump was, was so – the concern was he could end up making it worse and destroying these issues that a lot of people like me, um, but lots of others have been working on for years and caring about and the American people care about. And I think we've seen that with the whole Democratic Party. If Trump was for it, we are against it. What Biden is doing at the border, Obama would never have
0: done. No, this is an open. This is an open right. border. I mean – Right. If we're being honest about it, they're doing everything they can to make sure as many people as possible can stay at this point. And there's no interior yes. enforcement. I mean, it has been funny. I'm sure you've seen the clips. These are real clips. We're not. This is not a, a a joke in the sense that we're making this up. There are migrants who show up and they say, I'm here because of Joe Biden. Right. I mean, they're yes. they're showing up and they're straight up saying, oh, no, the cartels have told me this is a great time to get here because of Joe Biden.
1: Yes. And two other things. I was going to mention, in addition to changing the culture and, and really being very harmful to low-wage workers, perhaps we should care about low-wage workers. The other reason the Democrats, and a reaction to Trump, the other reason the Democrats want this is manifestly because, because they want third-worlders to become U.S. citizens and start voting. And what effects will that have? Oh, Republicans keep telling me that Hispanics, they're natural Republicans, natural Republicans. Well, oh my gosh, what happened to California? I had a young kid. I was talking to a young kid this weekend who was saying, I just don't understand why Californians vote for Gavin Newsom because it's plurality Hispanic now. And Hispanics may not like the trans stuff. If you ask them, they may not like the abortion stuff, but they want welfare. They want the government aid, and they know they're going to get that from the Democrats. So the state that once gave us Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan You couldn't get elected dog catcher in California right now. And I mean, it's completely insane the things that Gavin Newsom is doing in California. I kind of hope that the Democrats do move Biden aside. Well, be careful what you wish for. Um, But I I don't think the rest of the country is ready for Gavin Newsom.
0: (laughs) Did you see Eric Adams? I always want someone to explain this to me. Um, Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City. And I would I would add not a good one (laughs) just in case anyone's wondering we were supposed to be oh he's going to clean up all the streets and the problems no no that's actually not correct but anyway um and it's really i think because a lot of entrenched interests from the democrat machine in the city of new york are just no longer if people knew what's really going on in the district attorney's office and the woke lunatics who are the rank and file in places like that now they would they would flee for places where you could go you know off grid and uh and, you know, making sure that they had access to their own fresh drinking water. Um, but he went to the southern border. And I think it's fascinating because he's there and migrants that he met with said, oh, we hear you take great care of us in New York, so we want to go to New York. So you're in El Paso, you're an illegal migrant. And you're saying, well, I want to go to New York City. Meanwhile, New York City's mayor is also telling everybody we can't afford the illegal migrants anymore. The city of New York can't afford them. And I just think this is so in- interesting because... I thought we weren't allowed to say that they were a drain on public resources. Well, when when did we just skip right. to? When did we skip to all of a sudden legal migrants are really expensive?
1: Right, right. No, and I, I mean it does. I think it ought to remind people what a total hero and genius the governor of Florida is, Ron DeSantis. That Martha's Vineyard stunt was a, the most brilliant political s- stunt. If that's what. Liberal media calls it a stunt. Um, the most brilliant political stunt of my lifetime. Now you have the very, very, very progressive, gay governor of Colorado doing the exact same thing. He's sending his illegals to New York. Um, and suddenly these liberal states that in this home, we believe. <laughs> Suddenly they get they get a look at what it's like having the third world dumped in their towns and cities and schools and hospitals and uh, not so hip to it now. One other thing I wanted to mention before, before the moment passes, obviously I love our, our, our border security guards. They're the last people you want to check with on what's needed at the border. This used to drive me crazy when Trump would do it. Well, i talked to them, and you see it's very important. They want a, a, a wall they can see through. No, you don't check with the people whose job will be made obsolete by a big, beautiful wall. No, 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 we can have breaks in it here. It'll just be easier for us here. And look, I love them, but everyone is like this. You don't want something that's going to replace your job. You don't want, I mean, you've probably seen. But, Anne, I mean,
0: even, so I've, I've seen even Donald, mm. even the double fence, for example, people, people do so so the, the the border patrol guys when when I've spoken to them about I've, I've seen illegals crossing I've seen the whole thing happen in real time it's not hard cuz it's happening constantly thousands and thousands of people a day right. and because of the fence they're slowed down but there's always going to be ways to get through i mean so i'm saying you're going to need you need border patrol even with a oh, with a wall fine. right like if you have a if you have a moat and a high wall at your castle you still need Knights to defend the castle. Otherwise, you know, there's no such thing as a wall that's going to do the job entirely for you. I'm not
1: saying they will be completely gone, but that's not, they are not experts on how to keep people out of your country. You know who are experts? Israel is an expert. Check with them on their wall. The first year they put it up, illegal immigration went down by, I believe, 90%. Um, it may be more than 90%. That wasn't good enough for Israel. So their wall goes deep, deep, deep into the ground. Yes, they still have security guards. And by the way, they have detention cells. I mean, they that have they military.
0: The- it's a military. I've been to that border wall. It's a militarized border. Full on.
1: Yep. Well, maybe we should have them running our border. Check I with think them the Saudis,
0: on- by the way, are building a big fence, too, along uh, all, quite militarized, I'm sure, along with the Yemenis. So... Not the first time or the I last time these sorts of things have been be happening. There's a big one that I know probably. of in China. Uh, there's a pretty famous one in the northern England as well. So, you know, walls, walls do work. It has been a thing for a long time. And I need you to hold for one second because I do need to tell everybody about my pillow and the incredible Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dream Sheets are absolutely amazing. They're made from the world's best cotton, Giza. I actually wasn't speaking about Egypt a second ago, but I could have been. Giza is amazing. You got to get these lowest price ever. $29.98 with promo code BUCK. Giza Dream Sheets in multiple color styles and sizes. Now's the time to upgrade your bedding and enhance your sleep. I sleep on Giza Dream Sheets every night. And do you have a pair of Giza Dream Sheets yet? Can I send you some? You will love them.
1: Yes, I would love a pair, Buck.
0: Thank you. <laughs> go go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square. Check out the Giza Dream sheets. Enter promo code Buck, ten uh, year warranty, sixty day money back guarantee, twenty nine ninety-eight promo code buck. They actually are amazing sheets. Sleep on them every night. They're quite good. So I asked you about we went right into the border. We I went like, into immigration. I um and I, I think we could also just What was that?
1: I was just I was just saying I've won my pillow and I do like it.
0: Yeah. They're amazing. No, it's a great company. There's a reason why so many people uh, sleep so soundly on it. I actually, I also wear the little the moccasins, the little um, the like the little slippers. The slippers are great, although less need for them in Miami these days than I had in New York, right? Because you know, <laughs> feet are a little bit less cold, but I still love them. <laughs> so you know how there's this big thing about the Speaker of the House. I want I want to ask you something. You you know how these things. Go I love out. that. There was all this brouhaha over who the Speaker of the House is going to be. There's a part of me that was amazed at what seemed like people caring so much about this, and I kept trying to gently tell everybody. <laughs> this isn't going to affect your life at all. Is there a way we could start to tell people things like, hey, there are things to be fired up about. Like, I think people should be much more fired up about how, you know, fentanyl, not to go back to the border thing, but fentanyl is a drug scourge really? that is far worse than anything we've ever seen in this country, and yet it's, like, yeah. not something that's focused on the news. Meanwhile, the news focused on the, the Speaker of the House issue with McCartney. Like, what did you make of all that? Did you, did you, did you care? Does it matter? Will it matter?
1: My advice is uh, cut the cord, don't watch cable. <laughs> they were the only ones care I generally have MSNBC on in the background, just so I can monitor the enemy. But it's been pretty much January sixth. Oh, there's then there was Ukraine for a while and there's been one exciting new story that Representative Santos, is it George Santos? No, they're covering that like January sixth. And for the for the speaker vote, but then you would you'd You'd go out on the street and talk to normal people, and no one absolutely no one cared now, as a political you know nut as we are, and probably a lot of a lot of your listeners and, and my readers are, um, I actually think it was a great thing. I, I think they got a lot of good concessions out of McCarthy. I think there are a lot of great Republicans. there were a few things that were stupid about it, but by and large, I mean we ended up avoiding having Dan Crenshaw as head of homeland committee in the house that's a good thing right there and it's sort of it's always good to scare republican politicians especially republican politicians who have been there for a while the ones who would like to go establishment listen to the donors give them a good scare every once in a while
0: yeah a brushback pitch i think i've learned a lot of sports from clay by the way we talk about these things now you know i'm sort of like yeah that's a that's I can't even think of anything off the top of my head now, but that's a, a sports thing that people get excited about. But a brushback pitch, that's one that I know now, which I think is important for some Republicans, especially the, the of the more establishment variety. Um, what happened in your mind? In the midterm election, what was the issue? What, what because I've started to see now, finally, I think people recognizing that there were some big problems. I know it was a few months ago, but. I think I got a bit of your analysis. I wanted to hear a little more of what you think went down.
1: Well, I think too many people in the Republican Party, um, conservative media donors, I think, as I've been trying to advise them, they've just been too afraid of Trump and they were too wedded to Trump. We have to run a candidate who is sucking up to Trump. We have to, well, he's saying you have to make the number one issue of the 2020 election. And he's, he's a paper tiger. They shouldn't have done that. Republicans who were not wedded and beholden to Trump, I think, did, did reasonably well. I mean, Blake Masters, when I saw his debate uh, with Mark Kelly, that was in Arizona, the astronaut, incumbent Democrat, Uh, running against this Blake Masters, backed heavily by Silicon Valley's Peter Thiel. When I saw that debate, I thought, oh my gosh, Blake Masters is the smartest guy, perhaps who has ever run for the United States Senate. He was so good, so good. And then two days before the election, it's all over the internet and Fox News, Blake getting a call from Donald Trump and acting like he's a teenage girl talking to Justin Bieber, He's calling me. He's calling me. And what is Trump haranguing him about? You're not making 2020 the number one election. When Trump showed up in Ohio, and I love J.D. Vance, when he showed up in Ohio, I don't know, the day before the election, I emailed people working for J.D. Vance saying, if I lived in Ohio, I would vote against J.D. Vance just because of this speech. This is just get away from him. He won the nomination. Run on your own two feet. And so obviously, I and that is... I'm not alone in that analysis, the Trump backed candidates and the ones that that ended up winning nominations because people were afraid. Oh, but what if we don't get the Trump voters? What if we don't get the Trump voters? And the other issue, so Trump was a total disaster for the midterms. Um, and I think luckily people have seen that now. So it won't, we hopefully won't have the same thing happen in the presidential election. And the other one, you know, I've been pro-life pretty much my whole life I've written articles on it in the Human Life Review back when I was practicing law. I've had debates on it at Ivy League campuses. I am pro-life. I think it was stupid for some of these states. I mean the most one of the most important things is getting rid of the monstrosity of Roe v. Wade and the idea that it that this really terrible thing and abortion is a constitutional right, but that's what our framers were thinking of. Okay, so congr- yay, we won. Pop champagne. It goes back to the states. And I think most of the states, again, I will credit Ron DeSantis in Florida, and a lot of states did this. Republicans just jumped in and said abortions for the first, it would vary 12 weeks, seven weeks, 15 weeks, 16 weeks, and that's it. And that's it. And that seems... After looking at the um, midterm election, that seems to be the consensus position. And I don't think it's hypocritical for pro-lifers or Republicans to take that position. You can say I would, would never have an abortion. I would counsel anyone in my family or anyone, anyone I could talk to, don't have an abortion. But you're talking about a law that Probably would, I mean, it's hard to say this is a human life and this isn't a crime. Um, there's got to be a penalty. There's got to be a fine. There could be, as one of Trump's candidates was suggesting, a murder charge for the woman. I mean, there's got to be something. And I think people who are even pro life are saying, I don't want the law to say that, though I wouldn't have an abortion. And I do think this is a human life and Republicans have got to stop doing. I mean, some of these states and some of the bills No, it's a life from the moment of conception and we'll prosecute the woman for for murder. I mean, it becomes sometimes Republicans. We saw this a lot with the Tea Party. And I think we saw too much of it in the midterms. And that is this idea. I mean, this Todd Aiken thing of, you know, watch this. I'm going to I'm going to make the basket from over my shoulder. No, don't show off to the zealots. We're trying to save a country here.
0: Who could save the country? I mean, we, we were just talking a second ago about, obviously, Trump, which, just so you know, Whenever you, I do you get, I get all the emails that are angry. I'm like, I'm not Ann's keeper. Like, I don't know what to tell people. I'm not in charge of of the culture flamethrower when it starts. You know, it's amazing to Buck me. Buck is my get, keeper. If you have up?
1: complaints, I just, I want your viewers to know. Buck Sexton is my keeper. If you have complaints, <laughs> email Buck.
0: I mean, they do. They're like, how dare you have that woman? I'm like, first of all. Like, if we're going to talk about people's credentials uh, and, you know, Ann and I know each other personally, people's credentials, in the conservative movement, there has to be a level at which one's conservatism is not a thing that we're going to really like sort of question <laughs> anymore based on a political candidate or whatever. Uh, I would think that yeah, we could get there Joe at some party. point because people are like, she's become a, she's become a liberal. And I'm like, no, no, she's definitely, definitely hasn't become a liberal. I get those angry emails, but who can, okay. So if it's, I don't want to ask you what if it is trump because i know you think and and i have a bet for full disclosure you think that there's just no way like there's no way it's going to be trump this go round. i still think there's a i mean i think it's a 50 50 shot uh that it's going to be trump this time around i think it's going to be trump or desantis that's my that's my guess and so i might be in this position where i'm like better trump than the commies right if we could all agree on that so um no because
1: then the and the commies will have eight years to destroy our country instead of four.
0: Well, I mean, they're, they're going to win one way or the other, I figure, right? I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. No, that, I don't think, I
1: don't I think, think there's that... a Democrat who could beat DeSantis. I don't think there is a Democrat who could not beat Trump.
0: I do think that Democrats desperately want to run against Donald Trump. To that end, I have to ask you, um, the theory that's out there right now about the classified documents thing, this is another area, by the way, because when I was in the CIA, we were just, the classified documents stuff, (laughs) it's so... I mean, just everything is classified, like the sandwich that I had, uh, <laughs> you know, three weeks ago is classified. Everything is classified. Everything is going to yes. help China defeat us in the nuclear war that's coming. It's really it gets a little bit crazy. That all said, this theory that they're trying to get rid of Biden with this. I think that the simple answer is usually I'm an Occam's razor guy. I think the simple answer is usually the better answer. I think Joe Biden is a reckless dumbass and That is the situation with the documents. I don't think there's some grand conspiracy. Do you think there's a conspiracy? I don't know.
1: No, no, no. I think this is probably because there are so many actual conspiracies against right wingers. I do think Republicans and even friends of mine can be a little too conspiracy minded. They may end up shivving Biden. It could happen. And you're going to know. What happens? It's not going to be this bank shop with the classified documents. No, I think the only reason they're acting like this oh, we're taking this very seriously is because they've just done it to Trump. And I totally agree with you. I didn't think it was a big deal with Trump. Um, of the three cases, Hillary Clinton's hoarding of classified documents and having her private email server, Biden ending up with these classified documents. No, we don't know what's in them. And the Trump one. I think the only one that that was probably pretty serious was the Hillary Hillary. One. There, I believe, there was nefariousness. I think she was hiding what she was doing from Obama. But those are those are documents that belong to the American people and to be destroying her email server. No, that is all nefarious.
0: Yeah, she was trying to evade FOIA, basically, because State Department personnel have unclassified email and you can send, so you can send somebody, you know, at state.gov or whatever. And all it takes is one, one of the multimillion dollar, like Saudi or Chinese or you name it, donors to the Clinton global initiative to be like, Hey, I wrote you a big check. I demand a meeting. <laughs> like all it takes is one of those right. or somebody to say the wrong thing. And all of a sudden that, cause they were running a huge influence peddling scam. I mean, I was, yes. I remember I was at CNN in the days when that was all, being talked about. And for one, they they were, I mean, actually mocking the idea that there was anything classified in her emails when I would talk about that, which was pretty funny. And then also mocking the idea that the Clintons had what was it they had raised, I can't even remember the number at this point, but I mean they made a hundred million dollars basically giving speeches and ghostwriting books. Nobody, and you know this business very well. Nobody makes a hundred million dollars in a matter of whatever it was, you know, 10 years by giving speaking giving speeches and uh, getting a couple of books ghost written. That doesn't a hundred million.
1: And now that she's not president, I, th- I think the donations have really gone to kind of a trickle.
0: They shut down the Clinton global initiative in 2017 <laughs> in like six months <laughs> in they didn't even really wait very long on it. They kind of went for it uh, right, right away. So if, if it is uh, not, can I ask you this one? If it's, if it's, not Biden, who's the scariest candidate that the Republicans could face in terms of obviously being able to win?
1: That's a good question. I do think the Democrats are in trouble, which is why I I really hope it's DeSantis because the country is barely hanging on by its fingernails right now. Um, and, and DeSantis is certainly at this point unquestionably our strongest candidate. I think the Democrats are really – Other than, I mean, this is why they're bringing in all these third worlders to vote for them in the years to come. Uh, Doesn't matter in California, they'll elect a nut like Gavin Newsom. Get ready for that, America. But if there are still enough sane people or, you know, slash actual Americans voting in this country, um, I think the Democrats are in trouble because once they get rid of, you know, their senile dementia patients, You're getting down pretty quickly to the woke progressive Ilhan Omar who is a respectable Democrat or that that could win a primary. There are a few, but they couldn't possibly win a Democratic primary.
0: What about Youngkin, Nikki Haley, I'm trying to think who else has already been talked about as I don't don't know who who else thinks that they'd be running on the Republican side or are are any of them in your mind serious, uh, serious possibilities?
1: No, or you forgot the warmonger under Trump, Pompeo. Um, oh, I
0: thought you were talking about the guy with the mustache, Bolton, because he's apparently running.
1: That would be fantastic. I do hope they all run because the danger would be as if you had, except I really think DeSantis is kind of standing on his own without much competition. But I would like all of the warmongery will do nothing about immigration, utterly useless rhino Republicans. I'd love for a lot of them to run. I'd love for a lot of them to get stomped down. Um, the one the one Republican, my second favorite Republican in the country and the one I would like DeSantis to pick us as his vice president is Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. I think he's very good observing him.
0: Yeah, he's been very good so far too. Is there anyone else on the GOP side even in Congress that you you find yourself more often than not pleased with and and giving uh, giving all due kudos to for their work. Is there anyone else who sticks out as? Yes.
1: Yes. Well, and one more governor I'll mention, Greg Gianforte of Montana. He's he's been on fire. Um, Kudos to him. There's another governor. I forget her name. There's some great senators. Hawley is one of my is one of my favorites. And I and I kind of had a prejudice against him because of that. I shouldn't even mention it. I love him. But that silly raised fist salute to the the January 6th protesters, I thought he looked a little bit like, he looked like David Hogg. And so I was sort of against him for for about a week. But oh my gosh, he's good. And what his objection was, was good. You know, one of the things that that came up, one of the things I, I love about him, whenever you're saying, oh, why doesn't Congress do this? Why don't the senators do this? You look into it. Oh yeah, somebody's introduced a bill to do that. It's Josh Hawley. <laughs> Look, it's Josh Hawley again. So there was there was some news, I, I guess this week Ron DeSantis has stopped a bunch of illegal aliens landing on the shore of Florida and some immigration hawks. Uh, have said, yeah, he stopped them, but he's not deporting them. Well, governors can't deport illegals. All they can do is make it really uncomfortable for them. All they can do is detain them. All they can do is hold them for ICE. They can't deport illegals. Guess who has introduced a bill that would allow governors to deport illegals?
0: Josh Josh Hawley. Hawley. Interesting. Uh, I would just add to your uh, point about the Florida illegals arriving situation. The Biden White House initially... Put out some statement, or I think it was directly from the Biden White House, like Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, that was criticizing this, that it was like showboating that Desantis was doing, until they found out that there was actually a request from ICE for the National Guard to help. <laughs> so they were, I mean, sorry for the uh, the you know Florida National Guard to uh, to, to help, assist. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was going uh, above and beyond his mandate. He was actually responding to a request for assistance. more details you mentioned Montana though I have to ask you because I want I want to get beyond just the usual the usual red meat of politics with Ms Coulter while we've got her here do you watch Yellowstone and what do you think if you do are you a watcher
1: i'm I'm sort of horrified to admit that i I have I've not seen it yet, but that is the show that all my friends keep telling me you got to watch you got to watch you got to watch but I think I need to start at the beginning right
0: I, I think you have to get past the fact that you know bozeman is apparently like baghdad there's just m4s and guys you know banging it out on the street corners firing at each other all the time there's a little bit of a little bit of hollywood license taken with these ranchers but but it is super entertaining i mean it's a it's a huge show like 17 million people i think will last uh watch the fifth season premiere what do what are you is there anything you're watching these days with carrie i end up watching um when i when it's time and I just want to like have uh, you know quiet time. If we put on The Crown, she's asleep in five minutes. But everyone else seems to love that show.
1: I think I'd probably be asleep, which is why I haven't started to watch it.
0: What do you want? Are, are you really just watching? And if you're watching MSNBC, you have to give us, <laughs> is anything on MSNBC worth watching other than Joy Reid, who does have, an, honestly, an amazing ability? And I say that, and in, it, it, it inspires amazement <laughs> that she can turn... Anything like our conversation about do you watch Yellowstone and can actually turn into some kind of monologue oh, on was- race and racism in America today? I don't know how, but she could do it.
1: Oh, no, that is totally proof of your and my white supremacy. Book. Oh, yeah. Um. I, to be fair, I haven't I, I can't even I can't watch MSNBC anymore. I can get a show from two years ago, show it to you and and, and one from last night and you tell me. Has two years passed in the interim between these two shows, they all say the exact same thing. And I mean, well, there are exciting moments. Like, I don't know if you knew this, Buck, but do you know how close we came to losing our democracy?
0: Uh, It's amazing. There was an insurrection of unarmed people who didn't actually engage with any kind of military force or precision. It's kind of weird because I've actually been exposed to what a country looks like when people do try to overthrow the government or when there is an active civil war of some kind going on sectarian warfare and it's very different from QAnon shaman and a bunch of other largely middle-aged folks walking around calmly and taking photos. Now I'm not saying that it is okay. I've condemned it from the beginning. I condemned it for many reasons. One of them was I was like this is very stupid because it is handing the Democrats their favorite thing in the world, which is something that they can get the left wing base all hysterical about for the next 20 years. And this is. But and they've said it's worse than Pearl Harbor. They've said there are <laughs> prominent Democrats who have said it is worse than the than 9-11. And I, and I no, wonder if you. we've if I, we've I, just I, reached
1: it's not even fun anymore. It's not fun.
0: Well, you know, uh, I think there's this concept of terminal velocity, right? When you jump out of a plane or something and you hit like the absolute max speed. And then that's Mm -hmm. just that's just the speed you're going the rest of the way. I think that's what terminal velocity is. I might it was like a bad Charlie Sheen movie or one of those guys. Um, Have we hit like terminal stupidity over at MSNBC? (laughs) Like it can't get any dumber, or any crazier.
1: Mostly for me, I mean, dumb and crazy. I love that. Um, No, it's it's the painful repetition. I can't there's I can't listen to the same thing all the time. So even I have not really been watching. What
0: happened? Because of... you used to get to go on and you and and, uh, and others and, you know, me too, back back when this was a thing, to, to debate people of the other side. Have you noticed, when did this happen where all of a sudden, no one now, f- there's no loony left-wingers who will go on and have a real, like, throw down I mean, I, I'm trying to think, who are some of the, like, didn't you and, did you and Al Sharp that ever debate? I know you and probably uh, Mike. Totally uh, my... time. Right. It's
1: completely changed. This was the, the introduction I wrote to my, to my sub stack. I mean, all of cable news. I'm sorry, you can't just hold MSNBC as, as the only offender here. It has become more just saying the things they think the audience wants to hear. And they apparently think that their audiences don't want to hear intelligent commentary or facts or history. Or, no, they want to be ginned up be angry at everything the other side is doing. And with no one there to contradict them, I mean, this is why the American system values debate and free speech, the idea, the John Stuart Mill idea that the truth will rise in a battle for ideas. We won't censor particular viewpoints. Well, Cable news has just been an absolute devolution. You could learn more by talking to the hot dog. I mean, seriously, I'm not being sarcastic to a guy selling hot dogs on the street.
0: And why is it just considered okay that there are politicians? I mean, Nancy Pelosi, for example, would just would never go on Fox News or, or any channel other than effectively regime media for her. I feel like that's something of an indictment. Like, how hard should it be for her to be able to go on sure she'll she'll get heat i remember being told by somebody who was uh i forget which fox show it was and this is back in the day but one of these uh one of these really kind of radical uh, i think it was uh gosh i can't remember the guy's name one of these sort of more radical islamists from the uk would go on it might have been it might have been hannity and combs back in the hannity and combs days which you you know well and he would say stuff you know it's like women should be the guy had a very sort of thick british accent you know women should be uh, you know, treated like, you know, servants or slaves or whatever. And I mean, a very inflammatory stuff. And of course, Sean's there and he's just like, you know, look at this lunatic. This guy should be on a terrorist watch list, the whole thing. And I remember when I asked somebody, I said, why does this guy go on the show? And they said, no, you don't understand. He goes on because his supporters love it. Even if he's been called <laughs> all these things that, the, you know, he wants somebody who's going. He wants to go to battle. They want to see him battle. Right. I mean, that's right. just an, a kind of an extreme example of it. I feel like nobody wants to battle anymore. Everyone just retreats to the amen corner
1: because it's it's easy. It's lazy. I think pretty much all cable news hosts on across the board could do their TV shows in their sleep saying the same things over and over. Biden bad. I mean, you could I think you could do it with either network, switch the facts don't tell them who did one thing, you know, switch Biden to Trump or Trump to Biden or DeSantis to Biden. And, and if they think it, Biden did it, oh, that's very, very, very bad. And they won't as you I, well, for example, as you and I just did saying the whole classified document thing is kind of BS.
0: Oh, I, I mean, I, absolutely. It's it's one of these, though. I, I think the problem is there's a uh, almost like an arms race among people in the media now in particular to do just whatever they think gets the clicks and and works and so there's no no one's attached anymore because it's like well if i don't do it then somebody else is going to do it and then i just i just lose and i I think that's very real by the way and i think that as there's less and less debate and people aren't exposed i mean i will say and i i never attack people on the right publicly see it's a politeness thing and Even when they say I don't attack people on the right publicly, you know, just because I don't like them or I don't like something they've said, I'll disagree with them on things. But I'm not going to say, you know, that guy is a jackass. We've got plenty of jackasses on the right, some of whom have very (laughs) substantial audiences. I mean, people who are not neither learned nor interesting nor particularly good people when it all comes down to it. There are far more on the left. I mean, I I think that a vast majority I would put in that category in the media I'm talking about now. But on the right, I think that the, the, something is something has kind of shifted and happened where you don't have to be very knowledgeable. You don't have to be a very honest person. You certainly don't have to be a very ethical person. And <laughs> yet you can do very, very well. Is, is that a change? Am, am I just not even thinking that that's a change? Maybe I am. I mean, I haven't been. at No, this it's that absolutely
1: long. a change It used to be. I, I think TV was fun back then. And I think it was. I mean, you mentioned Hannity and Combs. I remember in the early days of Hannity and Combs, I mean, obviously I'm a political nut, I'm really paying attention to what's going on in the world, but maybe I was writing a book, maybe there was an issue I hadn't followed. If I wanted to hear both sides of what the argument was, I'd turn on Hannity and Combs. It was, and I'm sure, and and I don't mean, though I probably would if I thought about it, I don't mean specifically to diss CNN and MSNBC from the old days, they probably had similar shows. On There was a lot, well, Crossfire, I, debate is good. That's how you know. Um, if it's if it's all just people, you know, saying the same thing and, oh, you're so smart, you make me smarter every time you come on my program and, oh, that's amazing. And there's there's no one to say, but wait, that fax that was just mentioned isn't actually a fax. At,
0: at CNN, for example, people would say, I had this concept of I'm going to go into the lion's den, right? And I knew, mm-hmm. I, by the way, that place was always hostile to me uh all the way on down i mean i i had some fr- some friends who were producers over there and people that were were decent but overall just the it was institutionally hostile to conservatives this is now 2014 2015 in that right. time period and but i remember i'd go over there and my thinking was well i don't want to let them get away with this nonsense and like we've got to bring the fight to the enemy but what you figure out when you're there is the whole thing is completely rigged they have the host who is some sort of screaming <laughs> lib And they've got a, uh, you know, one expert or something who they're going to go to first. And then they've got a political pundit who's a Democrat. By the way, the expert and the Democrat pundit totally agree on everything and are like high fiving each other. And you're going to go last. And you're the conservative and it's someone else's show, so you're just there to just get punched right in the nose. That's it. You're not there. They're not going to let you speak. They're going to talk over you. I mean, I've had them just basically cut off to commercial in the middle of me talking. Like, they don't care. <laughs> so that's why that was part of the dissent, and now they don't even, you know... It's kind of a sad thing, actually, when I see conservatives now at CNN who are doing the dance of, I'm a or I'm a conservative, or I'm a Republican, but all I do is trash the right all the time on TV. Right. I... I I think that's a sad thing. Like, I think it's like they're making hostage videos over there.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, they're being paid well for those to be the I'm a Republican speech. The true Republican. I I just don't think cable news has that much influence anymore. I just think it's it's very a circular cocoon, the way we used to make fun of, you know, the New York Times. I think we're getting the same thing. I mean, we're a country of three hundred and twenty five million people and on a huge night's you know, primetime cable, what they're getting a, a few million and it's mostly average age is what about 70. So old people in their nursing, nursing homes can't figure out how the remote works, but most people are online. And, uh, you know, I just interviewed on Substack, John Tierney from the New York Times, magnificent writer, magnificent outside the box writer, but one of the books he wrote, which wasn't the main purpose, but I talked to him at the end is, it's called The Power of Bad. Very interesting book about how when bad things that people remember, criticism more than they remember praise. A bad first interview is going to hurt you more than a fantastic first impression, um, that sort of thing, and how you can use it to your benefit. But one of the things he mentions in the book that <laughs> that I thought was kind of the headline item was that, yes, the, the legacy media, very, very, very negative. For example, their COVID coverage. By the way, John Tierney was fantastic on COVID. Go back and read his articles in City Journal. He's Everyone should be reading him, and he he was pointing out all along you're being hysterics. This is the flu. This isn't that bad unless you're you're an old person or you. He was right. He was right. He was right. But every night the how many dead from COVID? They're predicting two million in the next two weeks. Now what he said was, I'm sorry, taking a long time to get to the main point. Social media, Twitter, Facebook, people online that is positive news that is where positivity gets rewarded it's the old media the legacy media the cable news where it's just constantly bad news bad news bad news
0: all right now hold on a second i've actually got to tell everybody about something unrelated to the current discussion data breaches happen all the time the big ones get reported on like the one at twitter that occurred in the second half of 2021 we're just learning the details now with news of some 200 million email addresses stolen, no password stolen, no credit card information. But still, it's enough for cyber thieves to pretend to be you. And if your info is included in that data breach, big problems. That's why you need LifeLock. LifeLock gives you online identity theft protection because your personal information is out there. It's getting exposed. LifeLock has a 24/7 watch on online transactions and new account openings, and they can help you be aware if someone steals your identity. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats like loans taken out in your name, for instance. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. I've relied on them for years for my own online identity theft protection. You can, too. They've come through time and time again. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use my name as the promo code BUCK, that's B-U-C-K, for 25% off. You want this protection, trust me. I always thought Michael Crichton was a really, really smart guy, very interesting guy, obviously one of the more successful uh, fiction writers of his generation. And I remember, I think it was in a Charlie Rose interview, he said this, and this really stuck stuck uh, stuck in my mind, that it's not even so much, and this was maybe circa, let's say, 2000, he said this, but he said it's not even that... If you want to get attention, you have to be a catastrophist when you're talking about anything of substance. Like if you want people to pay attention, you have to say, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. Everything is terrible. He said that actually the mindset had shifted so that people were mad at you if you don't take that opinion. It's like, what do you mean? How can you not? <laughs> and you certainly see this with like the climate change people. Yes. And you see this with all just the way a lot of people try to get attention when, when they're talking about the country. So I, I agree that there is negativity to that end or too much negativity. What makes Ann Coulter feel positive about how things are going? Um, I know you're out at the colleges talking to college kids all the time and college conservatives are the best because they've got that, like they've just discovered this reality that, that they know about and they're in the fight and they're realizing that like they're, they, they're red pilled at this young age. And, but you know, what, what gives you a sense that it's all going to move in the right direction somehow, some way?
1: Well, it is true that conservatives in a liberal environment are generally a lot of fun. <laughs> they're not just rolling into being conservatives. Conservatives in New York City, conservatives in Los Angeles, and conservatives on college campuses, they're a lot of fun, and they're not going to back down. They're, they don't wither under criticism, or they'd never be conservatives to begin with. Now, I don't think you ought to have to be you know, brave and strong and courageous to speak the truth in places like college campuses, but, but you kind of do, and they are. I don't know. Oddly, I am quite Optimistic. It's it's probably, and you know, man, I hope these aren't famous last words because politicians have broken my heart so many times. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic about about Ron DeSantis. I mean, people are living in freedom in Florida. In in one of his speeches, it may have been the inaugural speech. I think you were there. But I've heard this. People have said this to me in Florida. And DeSantis repeated Europeans who came left Europe, left Australia, came to Florida. They said they felt like they were leaving East Germany and going to West Germany under communism. And and I got to tell you, it's it is like that when you I, leave New York. I I tweeted that
0: and it went viral. And when I left New York during the lockdowns to go to Miami. And it was it. I mean, people also think that that's that was so, this. Oh, is wild exaggeration. They deployed National Guard soldiers to stand around in the airports to collect personal information on people about an aerosolized virus. They're standing there, you know, with their M4s with no magazine in them, just supposed to look like just to, to scare the virus. The whole thing yes. was idiotic <laughs> beyond words. And and I, yes. I'm actually somebody who. Uh, I refuse to let this stuff go I I don't know I I maybe that's gonna be you know to my detriment but I I don't think it's okay what happened at all and I feel like you know back to your Ron DeSantis point I have never felt like I owed a politician a debt of gratitude before it is hard to explain how gratifying it was as a New Yorker in particular to be able to leave in the midst of that hellish lunacy and just go to a place where people were just it was just like being in America again, or what you thought was America. <laughs> and Yes,
1: I think it's kind of important. Then thank you. I think you should keep talking about this. I think it's important because even though I feel optimistic, I'm not saying I'm putting all of my hopes in him. There are other people, there are people like you, Buck. And I I mean I can, guess. Can I, I just, just throw always- it
0: a quick thing real quick in? Will you tell everybody just for the record that I was so anti Max mask so early that you were like, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was- no, I know. You were you were right, though. I learned something interesting during masking. I don't know if you remember. I used to say, no, I, w- I was for masks long before I COVID. So I fly a lot, and I used to get a lot of colds, and I'd put a mask on. I wasn't a dork like walking onto the plane with my mask. But once I was seated, I would be a dork. I'd pull it down to talk to the stewards. I'd pull it down to go to the bathroom. And it was only in the wintertime when I'd hear you know tuberculosis boys sitting behind me. But anyway, now I've learned that the virus can go right through, or and I assume flu viruses too. But the reason I think it cut down on my colds, and it definitely cut down on my colds from doing a lot of flying, is that when you're sitting on an airplane reading, at least I am constantly touching my face, constantly touching my face. So as long as I had the mask on, it was protecting me. But the reason I think you should continue with the COVID stuff, and I think we all we all owe Ron DeSantis and other sane, but, but by the way, um, Glenn Youngen, the one I mentioned, Governor of Virginia, first day in office, he ended all the mask mandates.
0: In schools. Um, it was beautiful. I remember that. It was beautiful.
1: But I think, though I have an optimistic personality, generally, when you look back at history, things that have been very harmful to a society, to a country, one is, is losing faith feeling like the country was dishonest and and people couldn't be trusted. I mean, there was the, the betting on that baseball game you always hear about. Sorry, you'll have to check with Clay on exactly what it was. It was the Chicago, no. some Chicago team. Okay. <laughs> and then the other one was there was a game show. What's my line or something like that? And they found out that they quiz were rigged. Show. Quiz show. Yeah, yeah, it was like a game quiz show. Yo, oh, oh, sorry. Is there a movie about that? I haven't seen the movie. Yes, I think anyway, it's I've called
0: Quiz Show before. is what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Okay, so now we have just lived through a couple of years where we find out intelligence community, intelligence officers are big, fat, stinking liars. We find out that the brass at the FBI, big, fat, stinking liars. We find out that public health authorities, big, fat, stinking liars. And Twitter, where we're supposed to be able to engage in free speech, was suppressing the free speech. I mean, it's hard to imagine a society where there were this many attacks, the Russian collusion thing. New York Times won the Pulitzer Prize for that, and the whole thing was BS, the whole thing. So you would think that bad things would be coming out of this. And I don't know, I mean, I guess that's why I look to Ron DeSantis. I I, I hope we can turn this around, but boy, Ron DeSantis is gonna have a lot on his plate.
0: Do you have any thoughts or opinions, Ann? I didn't check with Dan on this stuff beforehand. I, I like Coulter on the fly, you know, because you never know. Sometimes you're just going to have to duck, you know, what's going to come back at you. But Andrew Tate, are you familiar with this guy? Any of his stuff? He's gotten a lot of attention recently. He's in a prison in Romania now. Do you know about this guy?
1: Well, I've seen the name, and because he was banned from Twitter, so this is the bad thing about banning people and then letting them back on. Because he was banned and let back on, I just assumed... Oh, he's probably funny. He's probably like Gavin McGinnis. Now I've seen more about him. And, you know, to quote my favorite movie, Dr. Strangelove, he's a deviated prever.
0: I actually, should I see that movie? I haven't seen that one.
1: Dr. Strangelove? Oh my gosh, it's my favorite
0: movie. I haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out. I was just wondering if you had a... By the way, Clay also recently cited now the... Because we're we're really bringing this one back. The Coulter Theorem, which I remember from... I believe. Uh, I'm not sure if it was one of your books or a column, but I do remember it was a the Coulter theorem that the oh, no, it must have been in mugged liberal demagoguery from what was it? The 70s someone, to Obama. Thank you. Um, where the white white guilt bank shut down after OJ, uh, because I'm wondering if we're heading a little bit more in that direction now. and And also the end of affirmative action in college admissions has been. That's been kind of a fascinating argument recently to see that playing out where people are just saying, yeah, it's good for society. If Harvard pretends that Asians as a matter of policy have lacking personalities so they can keep them out of Ivy League schools, people are really yes, saying yeah, so
1: always remember. I just cited this in my affirmative action article on, on Substack. Bill Gates Foundation gave a lot of money to researchers at Georgetown a couple of years ago to determine who is discriminated against the most in college admissions. Um, so researchers spent some time. They got the colleges to, to give them um, the SATs and the admission rate and the race. Uh, and this was at the top 200 most selective colleges. So top 100 or 200, that's a lot of colleges. And um, guess which group, their numbers would go up most dramatically if there were no affirmative action, if you weren't allowed to look at race.
0: I had thought it was Asians, but.
1: Nope. White men. Really? Hmm. Yes.
0: I remember, yeah, I remember t- people poking and asking me all kinds of questions when I got to Amherst, which is, a you know, one of these liberal arts colleges but it's one of those places that thinks it's uh saving the world by getting very social justice focused they couldn't believe i was a white kid with a, i was not a recruited athlete not the son of or you know not not a child of uh, of alumni a legacy and had no like financial connection to the college right like, what that was that was a rarity for i mean cuz basically a lot of the white kids or legacies are recruited athletes at those schools now and if you don't fit into one of those categories oof. Very tough.
1: Right. But even the legacies in defense of legacies, what we've learned uh, about IQ, it is at least in part genetic. There is a reversion to the mean. So if you have really smart parents, the odds are the kids won't be as smart as the parents. If you have really dumb parents, the odds are the kids won't be as dumb as the parents yet. And still, um, if you have a group of 200 kids in one room, 200 kids in the other room and you have low IQ parents, in the first room, and high—the odds are <laughs> that out of the 200 kids with the high IQ parents, they'll have the kids will have higher IQs. I was just thinking of this today, reading some New York Times article about. It just like throws in this BS line about, well, they have generational wealth. No, it's not generational wealth. It's generational IQ.
0: Another one where uh, Anne is saying stuff that I'm sure some people are going to start to. Get all googly. They're going to start googling um, it, being like, "Wait a second. <laughs> and, 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 uh, Look, uh, I
1: don't think IQ is the be-all, end-all. Um, obviously, there are more important qualities than in life. But, but to pretend that I'm just saying the children of legacies—if the legacies got in on the basis of of, of the basis of their of their SAT scores—the odds are the kids are going to have decent SAT scores.
0: It is just anything that involves IQ, people. <gasps> there's like this. Immediately, if you even talk about it, everyone starts to freak out. I think that's been a trained response for a lot of people for a long time. As I understand it, IQ is really more, uh, it's its a general range of capacity. And so even within that, because I've met lots of, I have met people in my life who have walked around saying, you know, I'm a 145 IQ or something. And you're like, yeah, you're kind of a loser. So it doesn't, you know, it, it can be really helpful, no, but it also, right. you know, you're doesn't right. mean that that's the only thing as you said as you rightly understood so and if I gave you one last uh, one last moment to talk to all the folks obviously they should go check out your sub stack which is phenomenal I'm a sub I'm a subscriber full disclosure and Excellent. we're going to get and some Giza dream sheets anything else you want to tell everybody
1: Um. okay Substack stack columns um, do you want to make any wild
0: predictions it, that we'll will bring you back on to see if you're right well, is it DeSantis Biden twenty
1: twenty four? I I I tend to think. I mean, you and I have talked about this. I think we agree. I I, I think there's a good chance Democrats do the weekend of Bernie thing with mm-hmm. Biden just because once he's gone, look at who do they have? That little Buttigieg? He's doing a bang up job. Who <laughs> <That's, that's hysteria laughs> he is family. the most
0: famous or maybe infamous <laughs> transportation secretary of all? Like I can't even name a transportation secretary before uh, this guy.
1: Oh, I can, Norman Mineta. I hated him more. One. But week after week, just total disaster <laughs> under Buttigieg's watch. And every time something like this happens, you just think back to that picture of him and and his husband in the hospital rocking the baby as if they're nursing him.
0: Never should go check out Ann's Substack, and we will have you back. And next time I wanna I need to get deeper into oh. You know, what, what you what you like to read for fun, which I know you're a grateful dead person, which I do want to make fun of you for this because I and I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't understand. But then again, I'm grumpy. Uh, I listen so to I
1: many I, things. The only music I don't like is jazz.
0: Wow. OK, there's nothing classier than boring jazz. I believe they said once on The Office. So there's that. <laughs> and Coulter with us. Thanks so much. And great to see you. Thanks for making the time.
1: Thank you. Great to talk to you, Buck Sexton.
0: Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. Ninety-five cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate eleven dollars a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's t. The number two T dot org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.